Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. Today, I want to give you a message from the Lord that fear will never conquer you. The devil knows how to come at you. He knows how to come at me. He comes at me every single day. And and yes, you are saved. You have a new spirit. But the problem is, is that you have the old flesh. You have the old heart. Part of your heart is renewed, but your heart is the accumulation of the experiences of your life. And some of those bring fear to you. And the memory of them bring fear to you. So today I want to talk to you about conquering fear. Now I want to lay down a couple of uh, principles to begin with. Because there are two types of fear mentioned in scripture. Pastor Jennifer mentioned that fear is spoken of 365 times in the Bible. That's including the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you have 314 times the Hebrew word for fear is Yahweh. Can you say it with me? Yahweh. And this meaning, this Yahweh is horror and trembling and fear and and the, the general understanding that we have of fear. And, uh, and, and yes, uh, uh, we have a different type of fear that is mentioned 45 times in the Hebrew in the Old Testament, and it's Yara. Can you say it with me? Yara. Sort of like ah, yeah, ah. You're in awe of God. You fear him because he's so awesome and mighty and, and, and you're in awe of him and you don't want to break his laws because they hurt. You don't want to break his law of gravity because it hurts. You know, a few years ago, I could jump off of this platform, but now I think it would hurt. I think I'd break my ankle, maybe my knee. Um, uh, two weeks ago, we went on a family ski trip. Any skiers here? Michael, you didn't raise your hand. (laughs) You see, Michael's from the south. And they don't have snow in the south. But he's married a northerner. And for the last two years, Jennifer's, uh, Shannon's been teaching Michael to ski. So two two weeks ago, we were up at the top of Whiteface Mountain in Lake Placid, New York. The highest mountain east of the Rockies. And we'd go 20 minutes up a gondola and then another 20 minutes up a chairlift. We get up to the top. The wind is blowing. We're above the clouds. The mountain's very icy. And Michael looks over to me and says, wow, this is really scary. (laughs) Now, this is a big, tough man. He shouldn't be scared at anything. But you know what? It's wise to be afraid of something like gravity. And us stupid people on top of an icy mountain, we should be afraid. 
But what, how do you conquer such fear? Well, you do it by exposure. And the title for my sermon today is Exposure Therapy. And I want to put you through a psychological experiment today. I want to teach you exposure therapy. I want to expose you to conquering fear. Typical type of fear? Yes. Gravity, how do you experience it? Well, you go down the mountain and prove that you can do it safely. And we went motoring down. I don't know. We were going like 100 kilometers an hour on skis. And I've got a camera on my head. And, and we're yelling and screaming. And, and, and I, I was too tired. And I stopped. And then General Shannon stopped beside me. And then I hear Shannon go, oh, Michael. And we see Michael, and he's tried to stop, but didn't really work. And he's on his backside, skis up in the air, sliding down this 5,000-foot mountain. And we thought he's going to die. But he got back on his skis, and he learned to conquer the mountain, and he conquered his fear by going up the mountain and down the mountain and up the mountain, and he no longer fears the mountain, I think. <laughs> it's how, you know, if you fall off a bicycle, what do you do? You get back on the bicycle. If you fall off a horse, you get back on the horse. And, and fear is a funny thing because it overrides your intellect. You, you fall off a horse and you say, well, I can do that. I can get back on. But until you do, you can't. Until you're exposed to conquering your fear, you can't conquer it. You can say it as many times as you want. But until you do it, until you give a new positive experience to supersede the negative experience of your heart, then that fear still carries with you. I'll tell you that um, I was, oh, I grew up a very small child, smallest in my class, and I grew up fearful. I was the, there, uh, our family, there, there are five in my family, and there were two other, uh, my uncles and aunts were just one block away. There were 13 of us, and I was the smallest and youngest of all of them. And you know what? When you're the youngest, you get picked on. Who said that? You get bullied. And so I grew up fearful. And, and then I met this wonderful young girl. My heart was stricken. I was 17 years old. And I finally got the nerve up to phone her and ask her out on a date. My heart was pounding and the fear was trembling. And I phoned her up. I got Jennifer on the phone. And do you know what she did? She put her dad on the phone. <laughs> How many know that's not good? <laughs> and you know what? You know what your dad said? She's too young. Get lost. <laughs> oh, I was wounded. I'm this shy little boy. And for the next eight years, I never asked another girl out. All the other girls asked me out. <laughs> and then finally, why are you shaking your head? <laughs> finally, Jennifer came to my church, sat right in front of me, so I couldn't miss her. 
and I asked her out again, I, you know, fear and trembling again. But this time she said yes. Nine months later, we were married, and the Lord gave me the greatest girl in the world. Come on, give the Lord praise. Exposure therapy. Once I was exposed that I could actually be victorious, I had a good experience now, and now I became as bold as a lion. And, and, and God brought me forward to, to fight battles that I never dreamt that I, I would fight the prime minister or fight the premier or fight every, anyone who God puts in front of me because I played hockey for 30 years. And in hockey, you learn how to fight. Die or fight, it's one of the two things. They, they, they put a stick through my mouth and cut me. You think I have a big mouth now? You should have seen it then. They tried to cut off my nose with a skate and they broke my left kneecap and tore the tendon off my right kneecap and, and, and you have to learn how to fight. Now, those things I have repented for. God, please forgive me. But God gives you strength when he exposes you in a therapeutic way to know that he will give you victory and allow you to conquer anything that the devil throws in front of you. And that's what I'm here to tell you today, that because you belong to Jesus, Fear will never conquer you. Now, I've taught, I've been Tony's professor and I've taught him for many years, but now he's teaching me. Because we used to be a perfect circle, stand back to back, but then he started shrinking his size of the side of the circle. So if you saw that picture up there, that was when I was 37 pounds heavier than I am today. Because God is allowing me to lose some weight. Oh yeah, give the Lord some praise. But he's teaching me to look a little more youthful. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that I've never done in my life today. I'm preaching in jeans. Is that okay? I, I don't know about this, man. Uh, like, I know we have to reach to the young people, but jeans, oh, my word. But, uh, and, and this man, he's a close friend, but, but, but he can stick you in the ribs sometimes, you know. And when I first met him, you know, 40 years ago, I, uh, uh, my text died, and there's no cure for it, but there is treatment, and it's steroids. I take steroids all day. And he said, well, what do, why are you taking these steroids? I said, what do you think? It's to keep my physique. He said, you've been ripped off. You should ask for a refund. Because those steroids aren't working. Fear. Fear of what other people think. Fear of what other people say. Fear of your past. Oh, no, what if they... You know, I met someone who I used to play hockey against a couple of weeks ago. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, what if they bring up my past? What if somebody brings up your past? 
What if somebody attacks you? The devil loves to attack you. We live in a cancel culture where they love to cancel you. And, and, and today I want to ask you to become like Andrew and introduce people to Jesus. You have the best church in the GTA, amen? Come on, give the Lord praise. I mean, what a presentation of the gospel here. The, the, the singing, the, 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 the instruments, the sound system. It's, it's spectacular. And God has given it to you. And now I want you to be an Andrew and, in, and invite people. But you know what? When you do it, the devil's going to say, oh, no, don't do that. He's going to whisper in your ear and say, somebody's going to attack you if you do this. Somebody at your work, uh-oh. Someone, maybe one of your fr- family members, one of, your, one of the people you live with, uh-oh, they might attack me. Well, you know what? If you're that scared, just take one of the five invitations and just throw it at them and run. <laughs> but do not refuse to do what Jesus Christ tells you to do. Because there are people that are dependent upon you to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to. I like the old uh, uh, Jewish uh, proverb that says, uh, if not you, then who? If not now, when? God calls us, but we do face fear. Oh, by the way, uh, Tony mentioned my wonderful grandson. They named him Maverick, I wonder why. And he's got my, he's got my physique. <laughs> he's fat. He's got a big belly. Oh, man. He, he's even got the same part uh, of his hair. <laughs> How do you work these things? You know, we're trying to be youthful and trying to, whatever happened to paper? Now wants a code, and oh, here it is, okay. What am I supposed to say, Mr. Computer? Well, let's, why don't we read scripture? That's always the best. Because Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear. Do we have that up here? So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So God is with us, and he will uphold us. But how? The answer is demonstrated in the life of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ was baptized and his ministry began, his first follower, his name was Andrew. Now, Andrew was so, so uh, uh, humble. The Bible doesn't even talk about him as Andrew. It's Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. What? Uh, uh, how would you like to be known as the brother of someone? But what it is, is a demonstration that you don't need a title. 
You don't need to pass, be a pastor or an evangelist. All you have to be is a follower of Jesus Christ. And you don't have to be first. You don't have to be praised. You don't have to be applauded. All you have to do is do what Andrew did. He introduced his brother. And then his brother gets all the accolades. That's fine. Because the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Do what he did and, and introduce the Greeks to Jesus. He came like Jesus' closest buddy. And as we get closer to Jesus Christ, that's when we can minister. You see, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. But then what did he do? He went for 40 days into the wilderness to demonstrate to us that we need to get close to God. We need self-denial that our life is not just to live for our pleasures. Our life is to live for Jesus Christ. And we need to refocus from mammon to God. From money. You know, what, what good is this money? It's not even paper anymore. It's a piece of plastic. And it's, you know, it's a piece of plastic with some ugly guy's face on it. Who is this guy? Uh, can anybody even tell me who's on this? No, it's like, what is money? God wants you to follow him. But in order to do so, you need to conquer your fears. You need to conquer the fears that chase you. Dr. Jennifer talked to you about her fear of cancer when we got that call. It shattered our lives. But God, you know, we, isn't it amazing how we always blame God? But God, why, why, we're serving you, why? The devil chases, the devil attacks. But you heard her testimony, no weapon formed against Dr. Jennifer McVitie will prosper. Come on, give the Lord praise. I've visited death's door seven times. One of those times we were talking about in the office a few minutes ago, I was in Ghana, West Africa, and I came down with malaria. And I was viciously sick and compounded with the Addison's disease that I have. Don't worry, my Addison's is not contagious. You know, COVID's taught us to be afraid of everybody. So we stand off and it's not contagious, believe me. But I was sick. And they took me to three different hospitals and... Uh, Malaria is a serious killer. It kills nine million people every year. And they got me ready for emergency injections. And uh, Jennifer said, well, hold on a minute. Let me call our doctor in Toronto. And their doctor says, don't let them give 
Charles those injections. They'll kill him because of his Addison's disease. So Jennifer came back and said, don't give them to him. They said, you don't understand. He will die if he doesn't take them. So what do you do when you die if you take it and you die if you don't take it? You start reading Isaiah 41. And James chapter 5, and, and, and gather the elders. And so we gathered the elders around, and they, uh, in an atmosphere of praise, they laid hands on me, anointed me with oil, and I was healed instantly. The vomiting went away. The fever went away. The blood pressure came back to normal. And we were praising the Lord, and the doctor came in and says, uh-uh. Malaria is famous for this. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. He said, we'll see you tomorrow. So the doctor comes back in the morning. I'm even better. He said, well, I do better do another blood test. He said, two days ago, I tested your blood and I could see the malaria in your blood through the microscope. So he went and tested it. He came back. He said, I can't believe it. There is no malaria in your blood. He said, praise the Lord, hallelujah. He said, we have a documented miracle right here. Because when God is with you, all things work together for good for those who what? And called according to his purpose. You want to be called according to his purpose. His purpose is to be a witness of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that he gives you the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You can be a witness by just taking one of these invites and inviting your brother like Andrew did. Invite the Greeks. Are there any Greeks around here? Invite the Sikhs. Invite the Muslims. On Tuesday night, we have this thing called the river, and we started it. 16 months ago, based on this principle of inviting people. And we gave the 30 people invitations. And they went out and started to invite people. Now we're getting between one and 2,000 people every Tuesday night. Come on, give the Lord praise. We've now seen over 1,000 people commit their lives to Jesus Christ in 16 months. 1,000. We've seen 10,000 people, 10,000 different individuals attend over the 16-month time. I gave this to a, um, a uh, one of my students back in uh, the mid-'80s. He's Korean. He went home, and he said, I'm going to do this because God calls us to be a witness. So he printed up invitations, and he, his goal was to invite all 14 million people in Seoul, Korea, to his church. The last I heard, he had only invited 6 million. The bad news was that 97% of them did not show up. But remember, the word of God will never return void. 
So only 3% showed up. So he only has 225,000 people in his church. Come on, give the Lord praise. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's accessed by being close to God. Closeness requires you to be humble and to put him before you. Jesus proved this over this 40 days as he went into the wilderness and, and he was tried and, and he was tempted. Uh, Hebrews 9 says that he was tempted in all things and did not sin. So we, we read about uh, three major things. Uh, the devil tempted him to... to uh, no, the devil tempted him to turn a stone into bread. Also, he said, all that is before you will be yours if you do what I say. This is what cancel culture tells us today. That if you just deny Christ, then you'll be cool and be in with the good group. You can do anything you want if you just do what the devil says. Jesus showed that there is a path to victory. And that path is to deny yourself. That path is to be humble before God. And that path is to get close with God and close with his word. I know my word's electronic. And if you have your Bibles, please turn them on. But what did Jesus do every time he's tempted? He said, it is written. And every time you're tempted by this, by Satan, just say, it is written. That no weapon formed against Tony Soldano will prosper. No weapon formed against me or you is going to have victory. Yes, they hurt. But they will not have victory. Why? Because God is the almighty God. And he, he gives us this this. This whole idea of 40 days in the desert. Um, remember that, that the, the flood came with 40 days of rain. And then after came a new world. So after 40 days of getting close to God comes a new world. Jesus Christ had a new world of ministry where he changed the world and went to the cross. And it started with this 40 days of him demonstrating how to to put his will instead of our will. This is a recurring theme throughout scripture where we have talks in scripture about 40 days like the, the, the 40 days that Moses experienced with the Lord on Mount Sinai. What happened then? He came back from there saying, I'll rephrase it, devil, let my people go. So as you get closer to God, God then gives you a message to get out to this world and say, devil, hands off. These are not your people. There is no room for you in Brampton. There's no room for you in the GTA or Ontario or Canada because we are with you. And as we get closer to God, then our heart changes because he's the only one who can could wash away our sins. The devil reminds us of our past, but God doesn't even remember our past. He washes it away and wipes away your sins and your past as white as the driven snow. He wipes it away so clean that 
that they're separated from you, Scripture tells us, as far as the oceans are wide. I mean, airplanes get lost in these oceans. Your sin gets lost in those oceans, and that God doesn't remember it. So therefore, the devil can't bring it to you. And if he does, quote Scripture and remind him, he reminds you of his past, you remind him of his future. That he is going to be one day bound and then eventually cast into, into hell and done away with forever. He has no standing in your world. Once you become close, Andrew became close to Jesus. He was a humble man. But he came so close that even Philip came to Andrew and asked him to talk to Jesus. He was so close that, that, that when all the disciples were panicking because there are 25,000 people and they couldn't be fed, what happened? Well, this man, Andrew, then brought a boy and a lunch to Jesus. He proved that when you get close to Christ, you get the strength of God and you get that strength to conquer all that the devil throws at you and your heart will be changed. John chapter one, verse 40 tells us his story. One of the two who heard John speak, this is John the Baptist, and followed him and was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He's even known as Simon Peter's brother before he introduces Simon Peter to Jesus. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. See, this is what we are called to do, to go and tell people that we found the Messiah. We found the King of kings and the Lord of lords and one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. This is the reason why God gives us breath. This is the reason why we don't go home right now because there are people that are lost and dying in their sin. And you have the lifeline. You have this this little invitation. And you can see a life changed. I want to challenge you to be an Andrew tonight. And I want to challenge you to be a witness of Jesus Christ. I want you to rise up. If you'll be an Andrew, would you please stand? Come on, let's stand all over this auditorium. Every one of us needs to be an Andrew. Because every one of us needs to be a witness. And here's the greatest thing about it. When you're a witness of Jesus Christ, you get so full of the Holy Spirit that you can't contain it. Do you want to be full of the Holy Spirit? Yes, there are different levels of being full of the Holy Spirit and and you can have the Holy Spirit enter you, but to be there's no but the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to make us a witness. So when we're attuned with his purpose, when we're close to Jesus Christ, when we humble ourselves and say, okay, God, money is no longer my focus. 
souls are my focus because I'm going to store up treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrupt. I'm going to store up souls in heaven. I'm going to see my brother come to Jesus Christ. I'm going to see my cousin, my co-workers. I want you... Uh, you know, we're looking at a three or four hundred Andrews. If we really do what God's calling us to do today, we'll see revival. We'll see this city of Brampton changed, even the city of Toronto changed. And I want you to do this. You can't do it on your own. But when you're close to Jesus, he washes away your heart. He quenches your fears. He guarantees you that you will never be defeated. So I want you to sing this song as your testimony to God. And this, you are not the quiet, you are not the audience. These men and women are your leaders, worship leaders. You are the choir. And God wants to hear your voice. There's only one uh, person in the audience, and that is Jesus Christ. And he wants to hear every voice in this room. He can hear you all at once. And he wants to hear your voice, whether it's good or bad. I have a terrible singing voice. Dr. Tony has a worse singing voice. But I still love to hear, God still loves to hear my voice. He wants to hear your voice. Make it your testimony that fear will never conquer you and that you belong to Jesus and God will surely give you victory. <laughs>